Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to KHS 420 and 98.1 FM in Santa Clarita, Los Angeles County. Good afternoon, Santa Clarita! Gotcha. <laughs> didn't really get me. It's more so like, just you got me for a split second, then I brought it all down. Well, you need to raise it up. <laughs> Everyone, you're listening to the Ask Brian radio show, A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N. And for those of you who have not listened to the show... People always ask the question, when I went to school, when I knew people named Brian, it was B-R-Y-A-N or B-R-I-A-N. Why are you spelling it B-R-I-E-N? And for that, we're going to ask the engineer, what's your drum roll? Oh, my drum roll. I actually have No, no, no. I have it. There it is. Thank you. Well, we have a number of words that, you know, correlate with the Ask Brian a show that start with E. Uh, a couple of these are efforts because everybody here gives um, 100% effort in what they 110. do. 110. 110. Let's go even further. 110% effort. Other words we have is um, empathy. He was not very empathetic what with that. What does that mean? It means putting yourself in other people's shoes well, is the gist of it. What if my foot's too big and doesn't fit in those shoes? Well, then you know you can't live a day in someone else's shoes. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> okay, what are the other reasons why you have E and Brian? Uh, experience, because everybody that is on the Ask Brian show is experienced in uh, at least some form of uh, something that they are experienced in. And uh, How about public speaking? Like entrepreneurship? Yes, indeed. Just like entrepreneurship. I was actually asking him public speaking. I know how to do public speaking. <laughs> but that doesn't start with an E. Not very, exactly. Not very well. See, Tracy gets me. <laughs> oh, the other oh, that's one. Scary. That's scary. Getting you doesn't mean approving of me. <laughs> Ouch. Let's see, we Ouch got... is with an O, not with an E. That's also Maybe very... where you went to school. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have spell check. <laughs> the other one was, isn't your favorite one um, enthusiasm? It's excitement! Okay, it was either one or the other, but they're both practically the same ones. Well, I don't know. It's a potato and potato, tomato and tomato. Uh, yeah, they're the same. They might be spelled the same. Spelled the same. <laughs> Wait, what's the difference? What about homonyms? Oh, good point. That's right. a good point. All right, you got me there. Well, you missed out engineer, but that's... You know what? I did forget about my favorite one. That's right. I forgot about engineer. I knew I was missing one of them. Well, you know what? Engineer, because you can't run the show without engineer. Well, we have an engineer on our show today. We'll be getting back in touch with him very shortly. He's got a lot of background and a lot of, a lot of it's technical, so he's going to have to help our audience out, and we're going to be with him in about one minute. Before we get any further, though, so Ask Brian, A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, the radio show that you're listening to now, is part of the Ask Brian Network, A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N.com. That's a website. That website is on the Internet and allows people to ask other people Business questions, get answers to questions, learn something through experts. Basically, any, anything that you need for business to help you be successful, you can get off of the Ask Brian Network, ASKBRIEN.com. And we have our co-host, Tracy. Tracy, you there? I am here. Wow, that was loud. Are you trying to imitate me? 
Uh, no, I wouldn't even attempt such a challenge. Are you kidding me? All right, because I was going to say your name really loud if you did. All right. <laughs> and then I believe the name of his company is Czar Power. Is that correct, Anthony? That's correct. All right, we have Anthony on the line. Is it Anthony, Tony? What, 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 how do you like to be? Yeah, Tony is perfect. Tony. Tony the Tiger from uh, Force of Flakes. Okay. Tony the Tiger, that's it. 100%. <laughs> 100%. I'm sure no one's ever said that to you before, ever in your no, history. No, it's, it's very, it's very original. Better than, <laughs> better than Tony from Scarface, but okay. A couple of questions for you. What is your background, and what is Czar Power? Yeah, first, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to talk about this. So I'll start with what we're trying to do. So Czar Power, Czar is, since the spelling is, is, is of interest to this team. The name's a little atypical, so I'll kind of break it down first. Now about seven years ago, when this, the origin of this company began, my co-founder and I were kind of thinking about a name, and we were workshopping a bunch of different ideas. You know, we wanted to do a lot with engineering and research and development. Those things are not exactly the sexiest to build a name off of, but one of the things that we were really passionate about was attacking the climate issue, the climate problem, energy independence and efficiency, not only in the United States, but globally. So we were trying to think, okay, carbon neutral, carbon zero, CZ. Now, you know, I'm a terrible speller, but there's not a whole lot that you can make an acronym out of CZ. And ZAR, C-Z-A-R, is actually one that works. So carbon zero advanced research. And what we're trying to do is democratize energy in the United States and then globally. So we want to do what the internet and the personal computer did for inter- information. We want to do with energy. So before we go any further, just quickly give me a background. Before I mean, when did you start Zero Power? Yeah, great question. So it's actually my co-founder Nelson Wang. He was a PhD student at MIT, and for his thesis project, he had this amazing idea to combine electric vehicle fast charging with solar power. Now, there's a variety of of reasons why and why that technical challenge is so important that we can kind of get into later. But that was the genesis of this. His thesis project, he said, hey, I think there's really something here. We might be able to wrap uh, an actual business around that. So back in 2013, is when this idea originated. Zara, as in its current form, was stood up in officially in 2015, and it's been a an amazing, crazy, wild road ever since then. What did you do before Zara Power, though? Yeah, so my I spent my entire professional career in the Army, actually as a U.S. Army engineer officer. Got a master's degree in geological engineering, and then it was very awesome and exciting to build this company while being in the Army. I saw so many things shift, and there's a lot of similarities between what we were trying to solve from a technical perspective and then what the Army was going through as it relates to energy independence, kind of shifting the mindset on this fuel, right? Energy and power is is such a huge deal in the military. And to be quite honest, it has literal life and death applications, right? So, you know, the transportation and the fuel on a battlefield, uh, as an example, there's huge, really kind of emphasized how important this problem was from a security, national security perspective, Right, but then also from a climate perspective, from a business perspective, from like an engineer, actually hard problem to solve perspective, it kind of 
checked a bunch of boxes. So we embarked on this journey, and it's been a wild ride. You know, talking to people, and, and a lot of folks have, you know, kind of have this difficulty believing this, right? But it's similar to talking to one of the early computer or internet pioneers. When you talk to them, they're like, hey, like, we weren't really sure that this was going to actually be a thing. Like, this could have been a fad. This could have went in a thousand different directions, and we didn't really know it was going to stick. A similar thing is, is absolutely true with, you know, when we started to very early on talk about this and talk about electric vehicles, renewable energy, particularly solar power, and a few of the different technical components of this. I mean, this was before Elon Musk is the richest man in the world and the genie's out of the bottle, right? This is in the very early days where it's like, hey, I mean, electric vehicles might die again. You know, no one's really sure. But now, I mean, for a variety of reasons, you know, social and cultural, political, we're not going back. It's now kind of makes the most sense, not only if you're motivated from a climate change or climate perspective or an air quality perspective, a national security perspective, from a business perspective, an efficiency perspective, or from an energy independence perspective, there's really one way to go, and, and we're well on our way there. Got a question for you, slightly off topic, though. Does the Army have any programs for electrical vehicles and electric transportation? Yes. So the Army is a, is a pretty massive beast and we're involved in a lot of stuff. There's actually GM Defense, the, obviously the defense wing of General Motors. Um, pretty recently, there's been some really positive traction with they have a, a pretty light, silent electric vehicle, right? So there's a lot of positive benefits from a military perspective that electric vehicles can help with. The noise is a huge factor. Maintenance, so electric vehicles just cost less. To maintain over the lifetime of a vehicle. You know, we see this with the electric pickup truck company, Lordstown Motors, in my beloved Ohio. There, you know, in Lordstown's case, they do a head-to-head -head comparison between the Lordstown Endurance, their pickup truck, and the Ford F-150. Their strat Lordstown strategy is, you know, fleet vehicles, electric pickup trucks. And they really, I think they do a brilliant job. They don't get into an argument. They don't talk about anything climate-related or anything. They just get down to the brass tacks because it's a business-to-business -business model. And they say, look, here's how much Ford F-150 is going to cost in five years, and here's how much the endurance is going to cost you in five years. And I think the kind of the generic, you can play with the data on the website, but it's just a normal head-to-head -head comparison. You're going to save 20, 000, almost $20,000 in a five-year period buying an electric pickup truck versus an F-150. Right? So a lot of people think it's the fuel, and that's absolutely a huge part of it, but it's also the maintenance cost. And if you think about the way the, the military is designed, the way the Army is designed, right, we don't fight home games, right? So we travel. We have kind of expeditionary in nature. And all of that, though, any part comes with a logistics train, right, that involves crossing either the, you know, the number one or number two largest body of water in, in the world and then pushing it further to whatever theater that this needs to go to. So, so the, the maintenance aspect of this is a huge critical component. And then there's also some other benefits. Uh, have energy in, you know, kind of captured in a battery in a vehicle, you can start to do some very interesting things with as far as, you know, thinking of a vehicle that is fully charged as a generator, something that is able to generate electricity and potentially push it towards other applications, which is something that we at Zar are actually working on. So let's go to up to where we are right now. You have a product already out or is it not out yet? Not out yet. We're real close to final product development. We need to make a, a couple tweaks, and then it'll be ready for mass production. And when do you think that'll be, approximately? It's a little dependent on a few things, but probably the next six to nine months. We're going to demonstrate its functionality as part of a project with Massachusetts State, and we're going to charge an electric vehicle 
in real time in Boston using 100% solar energy from a solar carport. So your product is for cars? Is it for other electrical items? What is it for? Yeah, great question. So, you know, similar to someone asking, what is the internet for or what is a computer for? It has a, a wide range of applications, right? One of them is, again, going back to like that core original technology. We wanted to sell, there's a, in the early days, there were several things holding back electric vehicle, mass electric vehicle adoption. One of them was the ability to charge your electric vehicle relatively quickly in the comfort and privacy of your own home. So that was one of them, right? But also, again, in the early days, some of the pushback for electric vehicles was, well, hey, you know, you're going to pat yourself on the back and you're going to say how green you are, but then you're just going to charge your electric vehicle with the energy that you get from a coal-burning power plant. You know, really how environmentally friendly or, or conscious are you? So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. You know, we, we, I'm not going to nerd out on the science on whether or not that may or may not be true. But the other problem that we wanted to solve was that right now, you know, everyone pays for the energy uh, in their house or a condo or apartment and then for just for their, their normal day-to-day operations. But then we kind of outsource the energy, the power that is required for our transportation, our vehicle, by using something else, right? That something else is obviously a gas station. So if everyone started to drive electric vehicles tomorrow, right, we would create an insane spike in the energy demand that many grids across the country could not handle. And certainly, we simply don't have the infrastructure to to cover down if everyone started to do that tomorrow. So with all of these in mind, we were thinking, well, there's really... There's really only one solution to to all of these problems, and that is to be able to charge your electric vehicle and then also invert solar energy to help with this, right? So it answers the question or or solves the problem of, you know, using, you know, you're buying an electric vehicle because you're environmentally conscious. Well, then rather than using the energy that you're getting from your coal-burning power plant, you're getting it literally from the sun. The other key component of this is simply by installing solar on your house or in your apartment complex or whatever, you can help off that spike as electric vehicles become mass adopted. And, and, and we're really going to hit a point, I think, that's going to blow a lot of people's minds. Again, you know, it's kind of slow to start. Electric transportation is kind of slow to start. But now it's going to go gangbusters. I mean, we're going to see in the next, you know, three to five years, I think, tremendous, tremendous strides. Because, again, it just it makes sense from every perspective. And not just the environment, right? It just makes sense from a cost-to-own perspective, a pure, purely logical, pragmatic business perspective, electric vehicles. And, and then also some cool stuff, right? Like, you know, acceleration, you know, other cool, uh, a little less tangible things also matters, right? And it also has, obviously, that climate, you know, component of this that, that makes it just, you know, you just, it, it's just a, a better deal all around. So what we wanted to do was, okay, how do you, how do you solve all of these problems as, as seamlessly as possible and, and kind of bring everything in together? So we can charge in a, an electric vehicle, you know, depending on the charging that you have for your electric vehicle, five, three, to at least twice as fast as what comes with standard electric vehicles. We can use the solar on your house or in your building to do that uh, 100% charge your, your, your vehicle using 100% renewable energy, 100% solar energy. The more exciting thing uh, is it's not just that, right? So we've designed this, we went through, you know, again, a, a thesis project through, we're on version three right now, 
And we enabled some pretty sweet functionality to bring, you know, I hate the term future-proof, but in some regards to future-proof, we're kind of looking towards the future when things like stationary storage, so like home batteries, you know, Tesla has the power wall, it's probably the best example of this. But to be able to, to store your energy and then use it when it's most advantageous to the user, right? Because the awkward, one of the drawbacks, it's not that big of a deal, but one of the drawbacks of solar is there's peak energy usage and price when everyone wakes up and gets ready to go to work and goes to work, then it bottoms out, and then it peaks again when everyone comes home and then goes to bed and then drops again. Well, the awkward thing for solar is the sun's shining in that window. Now, in practicality, there's no issue with that. But if you're talking about maximizing efficiency, to be able to capture the energy at peak hours, whether it's selling it back to the grid or just not using energy when everyone else is using it to kind of balance out the demand on the grid to prevent things like you know, rolling blackouts or brownouts, that's another component to this. So you were talking about the speed of the battery. So is it that the battery can get charged quicker under your system? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I won't get into a whole bunch of nerdy stuff, but whenever an electric vehicle manufacturer comes up with whatever electric vehicle they're going to run, they've got to make a lot of decisions on the size of the battery and what it's made out of. And then it's just a matter of can you push enough electrons, energy, into that battery to charge it a little, a little quicker. Now, were you charging your your phone with a battery, and that's what caused the problem? <laughs> no, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't think that. I don't think that was. Uh, I don't think that was the issue. Tracy has a lot of questions since I've taken up most of the time. Tracy's going to begin. You're on. Go. So I would love to ask you some questions about the building block foundations of your business. And um, how, first of all, let's start with your team. So you talked about you and your co-founder, but how did you expand and build your team and what does that look like for your growth? Yeah, great question. So I am very, very blessed to have a tremendous amount of like caliber of people on the Czar team is really incredible. So myself and, and Nelson, we're the ones that stood it up and are co-founders together. And then we brought on truly some of the smartest people that I have ever met. Kevin and Alan on the engineering side and the electrical engineering side have been tremendous with developing this technology. Again, going from an, pulling it from an idea all the way to version three and then demonstrating this in, in real time here in the summer. And then also brought on the, the newest member of the team, Mo. She's been fantastic to kind of help me with the business side of things and kind of the marketing, the, the humanizing uh, element of this. Because, you know, when, when you're in a team and you're all kind of engineers, you know, there's four engineers. Three of them are, are really, really, really smart, way smarter than me. Uh, electrical engineers, things tend to get a little bit more data heavy and kind of nerdy maybe than they should be. Mo has helped me so much and kind of helped the company both in like how we look, uh, you know, website overhaul helping with pitch decks and, and just really getting our crafting our message in, in a more humanizing way. So, you know, we're, we're a pretty small team. You know, one of the things that the Army, I think, taught, taught me really well is you can't underestimate the, the power of small motivated teams. So over the last, you know, we've, we've raised a little over a million dollars. The last time we won Massachusetts Clean Energy Competition, which is, you know, that resulted in a, a project, which is where we're building the charging electric vehicle in Boston. And that's really financed, you know, the version 03. So, you know, a, a ton of lessons, right? You know, and, I, and I'll let you ask the questions, but I've experienced a ton of different things. I'm absolutely an open book. I'd be happy to answer any questions or, or kind of share lessons learned to the, to the wider community. No, I'd love for you to share the lessons learned because that's so helpful for our listeners who are starting out building any company, but especially an innovative energy company like yourself. So, yes, please share some lessons learned. The first thing that comes to my mind is timing. Timing is so crucial, right? And it's, you know, not to, not to sound, you know, kind of bland or cliche, 
But, you know, I truly believe if, if you had 10 companies, if you set up 10 companies, those 10 companies did exactly the same thing. Now, four would probably be too early and would go, you know, go out of business, go bankrupt, not even get a chance to start. And four would be too late. They would miss the wave. And then maybe if you're lucky, two of those 10 are, you know, happen to be where the stars, all of these stars align, to be able to capitalize on an opportunity, right? So, you know, there's a luck component to this, right? Like, let's just call a spade a spade. There is a luck component to this. But maybe the best definition of luck I've ever read was, it's, you know, at the intersection where opportunity meets preparation, because, you know, you can prepare or have the best idea and the best team and absolutely nail a trend that you think is going to come. But if you're just, you're just a little too early and other folks can't see it or a little too late, right, it doesn't matter. You, on the flip side of the house, as opportunities come, right, societal waves, whether it's, you know, the dot-com boom or you could talk about real estate, you could talk about now, you could absolutely with clean tech, that wave hits society, and if you don't have anything, right, if you're not prepared, you're going to miss it, right? You're not going to ride that wave. So it really is that intersection between being prepared and then as soon as that opportunity presents itself, being able to pull the trigger. Sounds like a surfer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, there's absolutely some similarities there, yeah. Well, it also sounds like being prepared, being ready, but it also sounds a lot like showing up, following up, and following through, too, because that, you know, with a small and mighty team, those pieces are very critical. Absolutely. Really, the other cool part of this is if I could give some advice to the folks out there. As much because, as you like. Because timing is, is such a crucial aspect of this, don't get discouraged if you are, you know, either you show up a little too early or a little too late to the party, right? You know, figure out some of the things that you can adjust and hit it again, right? Because it, it is simply, it is a matter of hitting that wave just right. So if you get knocked out, you know, don't quit. Absolutely do not quit. Just because it, it, it might not have anything to do with you or your team or, you know, the money that you have or you threw through with this business right now. You know, my heart goes out to so many small business owners who were affected by the pandemic, right? And I think that's a great uh, example. You and me both. Yes. Of something. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like with that, I mean, that's really, we can drive this point home. I could have ready to start like the greatest restaurant of all time, right? Some kind of crazy food fusion it would have knocked everyone's socks off and would have won a bunch of Michelin stars. But just because I started or was about to start during the pandemic and got wiped out or didn't even get an opportunity to start doesn't mean that the idea was wrong, right? It doesn't mean that you shouldn't dust yourself off and try again as soon as you possibly can kind of get back, get back on your board and keep surfing. Let's talk about the journey of your raising of your investment capital fund. Did you find that was something that was easy for you? I know you mentioned that you had someone on your team that really helped you humanize the aspect of the, the company and the, the deck and things itself. But what were your conversations like with potential investors? Did you find it challenging yeah, that, or were everybody yeah, like, oh, yeah, let's do this? No. So great question. You know, in the early days, again, this was very much like, you know, I don't, no one believed in the things that we kind of saw as the future, right? There's so many folks didn't believe that electric vehicles were going to take off. They didn't believe that solar could make sense from a, you know, cost per kilowatt perspective. You know, no one was talking about big home, you know, stationary storage batteries. 
No one was really talking about smart software. So it was a tremendous challenge in the first few years of the company to to kind of gain traction from a financial perspective. So, you know, again, this is, you know, I was in the army doing army full time, right? And that was crucial to this because when most investors just didn't get it, didn't see it, couldn't envision the future, you know, I wasn't kind of hung out to dry, you know, burning through cash to support myself or my family. I had something, I had a, you know, full-time job and was able to kind of nug away at this during the margins, right? You know, whether it was after I got home at night or, or, or over the weekend. And that's maybe another piece to this. Again, it, it's, it's related to timing. But another piece of this that I, that I might share is I think there's a lot of, you know, entrepreneurial myths out there. And one of my least favorite is the whole, like, burn your ships, right? There's no turning back. I think that that might, you know, may have to do more with like having like sociopathic and maybe uh, pyrotechnic, you know, uh, obsessions than it has to do with being, you know, making a smart decision. Because for me, from, from a stress level, knowing that myself and my family would be taken care of through, you know, working full time and then also having this passion project to kind of wait until the technology was there, the emphasis from you know, government and from society was there to really kind of have this take off. That was crucial because we would not be having this conversation today. You know, if I burned my ships and never had full employment and was trying to do czar full time, you know, back in 2013, 2014, 2015, when we officially started, because there was no money, right? There was, we would have run out of money. So I would absolutely say to whatever degree possible, you know, until the conditions are set and whatever, you know, whatever business, whatever conditions in a particular business matter, I absolutely think about that as a way to do entrepreneurship a little differently. That's so great. How are you, what good pivoting points for a moment and talking through the marketing side of things, what is your vision for marketing this and who's your target person to reach and how are you planning on reaching them? Yeah, yeah, great. So primarily, you know, in the, in the early days, we were thinking this is just this is a solid, you know, B2B play, business-to-business play. For a variety of reasons, you know, I think that that's largely true just because you can – it's a lot better from a business perspective, from like a cost savings perspective, if you can incorporate – the technology that we're working on, you know, charging your electric vehicle, solar inversion, stationary storage, smart home software, if you can do that all in new construction, right? So this is where you really see some of the government regulations that have come out, you know, out in California, you know, hey, solar on buildings. Massachusetts just passed a very ambitious climate bill where, you know, all of those things help with, you know, who do we think is going to use this and what is exactly the use case from like a marketing perspective. So, you know, we're still, I think, for a variety of reasons in the business to business play. But really, you know, we're not done after this. We're not, we're not going to be a, a one hit wonder. So the team is really close knit. We really care about solving important technical problems. So, so one of the things that we want to do kind of, you know, moving forward is, you know, toy around with the technology a little bit, obviously work on dropping the price, maybe adding a little bit more modularity, and then making that kind of business to consumer play. Because ultimately, you know, we, you know, as an American, I'm interested in helping America solve this problem. But then also, you know, Mo was born in Nigeria, and she, she's been so impactful, you know, kind of keeping the perspective global. And the cool thing about that is, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who are off the grid, and that's great because they don't have a grid to mess with. So a lot of, when you're talking about solar and bringing a lot of things online, a microgrid, you know, the smallest microgrid is a microgrid of one house, right? So we see applications for this in the future going international, and we're really excited about that. What's your timeline for this product market? 
Yeah, so the short answer is, unfortunately, it's a little complicated. It's all about speed at this point, and it's all about money. So right now, we're looking at, you know, we can parse words on what you want to call it, right, whether it's late seed or, or Series A. We're looking for a $5 million investment right now because, again, speed is the name of the game. Five or seven years ago when we started out with this, we were literally laughed out of some offices that, like, hey, this is not a thing. You guys can't do this. This is impossible. You guys are nuts. You kids are crazy. Get out of here. And I've watched, right, over five or seven years, I've watched this be, like, completely 180-degree opposite, right? So, you know, I'm under no illusions or delusions that there are a ton of people from everything from well-established Fortune 500 companies through some guy in his garage right now working on these problems. So it is all about speed, and that capital injection will enable us to kind of put the beef up the engineer team and to knock this out pretty soon. You know, pending UL certification and how long that process takes, we think we can probably come to market six to nine months after, after that capital injection. Wow. And so do you feel like that that is a pretty easy get? for that level of investment, taking it to the well, next level? Yeah, you know, I'm obviously biased. I, I would think that it, it makes a lot of sense. We'll see here in the, you know, there's, there's been, again, in just the last couple months, there's been tremendous issue, tremendous emphasis with a lot of political issues that have happened, right? I mean, we're in a very different world, uh, you know, before November's election and then after, and then also, again, before the election in Georgia uh, and then after, right? So essentially you're looking at a federal government that's, you know, White House, House of Representatives and Senate, uh, all aligned with the party who's right now going to be very interested in climate initiatives, and then also regulating you know, where you get your energy, both from regulating the auto industry with gas, right, internal combustion engines, and then also the utility companies with you know, coal or, or whatever fossil fuels that they're using to power the grid. So I think you know, if I could put my finger on why is there a lot more interest in us now, then even again, pre-November, uh, my guess is that. And so you're actively recruiting and, and looking for investors right now. What are some of the other things that you're doing um, while you're waiting on that investment parallel tracking to get to that launch? Yeah. So for us, you know, obviously, because Peter's the name of the game, money matters, investment matters. But really what I'm interested in is just developing, you know, partners in this. Like who, if, if anyone else is interested in democratizing energy, in helping offset the carbon emissions, you know, is just interested and likes to nerd out on, on the technology side of the house, you know, I would be more than happy and the team would be more than happy to just kind of like talk you, talk you through what we're doing, you know, some of your ideas, you know, because right now it's very important to me to build relationships with just interested parties who, who are just curious about what we have going on. So absolutely the finance aspect is a huge part of this, but also, you know, on a human level, I'm just interested in connecting with people and, and kind of answering any questions that could come up. Uh, so we have about fifty well, seconds. We have about fifty seconds left. Yeah. How can people connect with you? Yeah. So uh, LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn, and then our website czarpower.com. Czarpower.com, and then my email is on there. But Anthony A N T H O N Y dot Frisone F R I S O N E at czarpower.com. And we've got about twenty seconds left. Your last words. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity to come on. Really appreciate it. Really excited about the future. Go Zar Power! Zar Power! Zar Power! Zar Power! Go Zar Power! Go Zar Power! Woohoo! Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.